It's July 21, 2021, and welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll have Sanford Ching and Edward Montanonia, and they're here to tell us about an AFSIA grant uh, program, as well as the upcoming CyberCamp events coming up. And then we'll be joined by Iris Ikeda, commissioner over at the Financial Institution, uh, institutions over at DCCA and Eddie Ponce from CoinMe, and uh, we'll get uh, get uh, into some interesting conversations about cryptocurrency over at the Entrepreneur Sandbox. Now, first up, before we get into uh, our guests, I wanted to announce that HTDC is uh, the, of course, Hawaii Technology Development Corporation is facilitating access to free training in blockchain and crypto trading by the Blockchain Academy over. Um, Online, it's for Hawaii residents, and there's only 60 seats available. Admission is on a first-come, first-served basis. Applications are now open today, July 21st. <clears throat> and, of course, I will put the link up on the uh, website later on tonight. It's uh, pretty quick. I mean, it's hddc.org, blockchain-remote-workforce-initiative. But if you're interested in learning more about crypto trading, uh, this is the place to go. It's free training. So there's only 60 seats, so... Be sure to sign up fast. Right now, I want to welcome Sanford Ching and Edward Montanonia. And, of course, they're here to tell us about a couple of uh, events coming up. And I will start with uh, Sanford, who's here to tell us about some AFSIA STEM grant programs. Sanford, what's up with these STEM grants? Thank you, Bert, for having uh, us uh, giving us the opportunity to talk about our AFSIA Hawaii STEM grants. First, I'd like to take a moment to explain a couple of acronyms. First, AFSIA Hawaii. That stands for Armed Forces Communications and Electronics Association. AFSIA Hawaii is a 501c6 nonprofit local chapter of AFSIA International. We have over 800 local members committed to advancing information technology, cyber, communication, electronics, and electronics capabilities. AFSIA Hawaii is an active community of military, government, industry, and schools across all ages that work together to help each other solve local, state, federal, and national defense initiatives. The second acronym is STEM. It stands for Science, Technology, Electronics, and Mathematics. Because we are a technical organization, we'd like to promote STEM subjects among our K through high school students through scholarships and STEM grants programs. Last year, was our first year to award $35,000 in STEM grants to 24 STEM programs and projects to Hawaii students and nonprofits that support STEM education. This year, FCA Hawaii proudly, proudly announces a second season of STEM grants. We will again be awarding another $35,000 in STEM grants to support STEM programs in schools and organizations. These grants recognize outstanding programs that immerse students K through 12th grade in critical thinking and demonstrate applications through cyber, robotics, coding, website building, engineering, and so many other STEM programs and projects and activities. We're looking forward to increasing that amount to $50,000 next year. Our education mission includes uh, directly supporting Hawaii-based students, teachers, and professionals in the pursuit of continued STEM education. We realize motivated teachers, directors, volunteers, et cetera, can spark Lasting enthusiasm, excitement, and set the foundation for students to engage in STEM subjects and pursue fulfilling careers in many STEM-related fields. 
Sanford, Sanford, San, Sanford, hold yeah. on. I, I appreciate your prepared uh, uh, speech, but uh, can you can you tell me, like, where can people actually find out about these uh, STEM okay. grants and maybe... Uh, I'll get to, okay, I got that. Okay. Uh, in, individuals can find out more information about how to apply for these STEM grants on our website, www.afcahawaii.org slash education hyphen programs. Sounds good. Uh, the 20... Yeah, the 2021-22 season is open through July 30th, 2021, two weeks from now, the deadline. Okay, okay. sounds good. And then uh, typically, what people, what are people actually applying for? I mean, what, what is a typical grant application for? Uh, to, uh, it, it'll be for uh, a grant. Uh, we have uh, several. Okay, we have uh, three, a t- couple of big ones, $5,000 grants and the remaining $25,000 grants will be split among um, several other uh, programs. Okay, sounds good. I'll uh, I'll put that up on our show notes for later on tonight. And then, uh, Edward Montanonia, what's up with the uh, cyber hey. camps? Hey, hello, Bert, again. Uh, thanks for having us on today. Uh, yes, sir, like you said, my name is uh, Edward Montanonia, and currently I'm the uh, uh, vice president for the local ISP Square Hawaii chapter. And uh, they're, uh, we're uh, partnering with the state of Hawaii to provide uh, several cyber camps uh, in preparation for some of our students to participate in uh, Cyber Patriot in October. Um, so, uh, yeah, there are currently about uh, 22 camps statewide, uh, except for Kauai. Uh, but 18 of those uh, camps are in Oahu. And currently, uh, we're running about 17 standard camps and five advanced, uh, advanced camps servicing our uh, middle and high school students. And uh, these camps started uh, in June and run through the end of July. So so there's camps going on right now, right? I mean, there's uh, uh, locations. Uh, I know that there's something happening over at Hawaiian Hope. So what are what's the, what's the most recent or what's the next cyber camp uh, uh, in terms of uh, July, the July cal- calendar? Yes, sir. So for the uh, July camps, uh, yeah, there's several of them going on right now. We have one in IAEA. Uh, Hanalani, uh, and then some uh, several on Kamehameha, Hawaii Prep, and then like the one I'm teaching right now is at uh, Hawaii Technology Academy. Um, unfortunately, we only have two places like Hawaiian Hope and um, that are available to sign up Hawaiian Hope uh, this year mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that are left to sign up. So uh, you know, in terms of uh, you know where people can sign up, I mean, what what are you looking for students? I mean, what what is the uh, target audience? Yes, sir. Uh, target audience is uh, middle school to high school uh, students, sir. And if they want to sign up or get more information on it, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you can, they can go to the website, uh, w, uh, mainly through the ISP Square uh, Hawaii chapter, which is www.ispsquarechapter-hawaii.org. Sounds good. Slash uh, Cyber Patriot. Okay, well, be sure to get that to me, and then I'll put it up on our show notes for later on yes, tonight, sir. and we'll get the people to, to sign up because I think this is a very, very important topic in terms of getting people not only aware of cybersecurity but uh, potentially for jobs in Hawaii in this uh, cybersecurity space. So mahalo, Sanford, and Ed for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And, of course, we'll Thanks take first. a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Ari Cicada, Commissioner of the Financial Institutions over at DCCA, and Eddie Ponce from CoinMe, and we'll talk about 
cryptocurrency over at the Entrepreneur Sandbox. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm happy to welcome back to the show Iris Ikeda. She's the commissioner over, over at DCCA for the uh, financial institutions. And Eddie Ponce from CoinMe. And they're here to talk about the Digital Currency Innovation Lab. And, of course, uh, this is uh, moving on to the second cohort of companies that are part of the innovation over at the Sandbox. And I want to welcome Iris and Eddie to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you. Thank you, Bert. Thanks for having us on. So I'll go ahead and start with uh, with Iris because, you know, the time keeps marching on. And, and the uh, first cohort, uh, that was pretty exciting. And, uh, and maybe you can... Share a little bit about what the um, the whole idea behind the Innovation Lab was, and and maybe some, I, I guess, um, what are some of the the shining examples that came out of the first cohort that uh, uh, you know resulted in in some innovative implementations of you know this uh, this arena of cryptocurrency. Yeah. So thanks, Bert. It, this the Digital Innovation Lab. To- you know, we're coming on to the first year of operations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had it. We started this last year in right after the pandemic started back in March. Um, we started accepting applications. Um, we went through all of the applications. We notified all of the companies, um, and the companies could get started with their um, their crypto trading or transactions. Um, starting in August, so we're into almost into our first year of operations. And some the, of the some of the, the companies, cohort, yeah, think, yeah. Tell, go ahead. Yeah, no. Tell us about some of those companies that participate in that first cohort. Yeah, so the first cohort um, started out with twelve companies, and you'll be able to find those companies out on the DCIL website mm-hmm. on the htdc.org um, website if you look for the DCIL. Um, you know, the unfortunately, we had to um, drop one participant. Um, one of the things that happened is that to participate in this um, in this innovation lab, we asked that you know companies send us a report because the whole reason for doing this is to gather information to see whether or not we should be regulating the um, virtual currency or cryptocurrency. And if we are going to be regulating this particular industry, what is it that we should be regulating? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we wanted to gather information and statistics from, you know, what was happening during the transactions of these companies. One of these companies, Robinhood, was um, failed to provide us the reports after we did some chasing, um, you know, for the reports. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, we had to drop them from the cohort. Um, we didn't. We then had a second cohort that started up in January. We had another round of applications. Um, we went through those applications. One of the one of the key features of the second cohort was that they all had to be operational. I mean, in the first cohort, we would allow, you know, we had a couple of companies that are really startups. Um, but for the second cohort, because it was going to be such a short period of time, um, they only had one more year, you know, left on the DCIL. We wanted to make sure that all of these companies were operational and could really start up pretty soon after we made the announcement that, you know, we're going ahead with the second cohort. So, um, you know, Eddie 
um, it is in part of the second cohort, and you know, it's, I think they're up and running. Um, no, that's great. And you know, uh, with the with the first cohort, uh, were there what were some of the things that uh, were tested out in the Hawaii market? I mean, were were there any interesting products that that came out of the first cohort? Yeah. So the one of the things that um, one of the things that happened is that we were able to. Oh wait, hang on a second. We were able to, um, you know, see, you know, different use cases. One of the use cases that um, that HTGC um, was able to, you know, kind of start up is the fundraising for nonprofit organizations, mm-hmm. and um, that happens through Gemini, and you know, they were able to, um, you know, somehow wouldn't say start that up, but, you know, make some matches between, um, you know, the company and some nonprofits. So Hawaii Theater was the first um, nonprofit to join up, and they were fundraising for one um, upcoming show, I think. You know, I don't really know if the show has taken place yet, but anyway, they were raising money for a particular show, and so that was kind of our first use case to see whether or not, you know, folks would want it make donations through crypto. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, in terms of the, like the uh, follow-up or what, what, what ultimately happens to whatever, ha- you know, whatever the companies in the first cohort uh, did? I mean, do, do they pretty much provide you with, you know, their report and they kind of like move on and that's, that's pretty much the, the end of the cohort or are there any lasting uh, let's say lasting opportunities that result from the first cohort. Yeah, so the first cohort is able to, um, you know, continue their transactions until June of 2022. Mm-hmm. So you know they can continue to innovate until that time, and then we ask them to start their wind down activity. One of the reasons for that is, you know, the absolute deadline for all of this, um, the DCIL is the end of the year of 2022 mm-hmm. we're kind of holding out to see if the legislature is going to do something if the legislature will continue the uh, dcil and of course you know we'd be willing to you know kind of keep it going and provide some reg- regulatory oversight over the um, innovation lab but you know if they don't you know we have to have some end date um, i see yeah so the so the, the dcil which is the digital Currency Innovation Lab. I mean, that was uh, established by by legislative statute. No, that was the brainchild of the the um, CFI, our organization. Right, right. Yeah, that's what I, I thought. So yeah, you guys. You, yeah, it, it was your what your idea, and then uh, you know Len Higashi over at the HEDC said, "Yeah, we could we could do it at the at the sandbox." And so I think right. that was the genesis of, of the actual um, DCLI. So in terms yeah, of... and, it, you know, primarily because I wanted to, you know, gather some information so that, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, if we're going to supervise this activity, I wanted to know what it is that we should be doing to provide that to the legislature so that we can have some guidelines or some um, laws about what it is that, you know, how we want to protect consumers mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. Um, some of these transactions. So, is your is your plan to 
again, collect more information and, and uh, use cases with the second cohort, and then a report is, is basically produced and delivered to the legislature for, for uh, possible you know, policy de- development? Yeah, so we're hoping that the legislature will pass some law. Um, you know, if that's if that's the direction that we that we want to go, mm-hmm. to you know, to for us to regulate this particular activity. So Hawaii is really a leader in kind of all of this. You know, no other state has done a, a piece of research like this, and so we're pretty proud of ourselves for you know kind of advancing this kind of to the next level. Other states have just you know gone ahead and um, license different companies as money transmitters, you know, as we've learned, this activity is not like money transmission or Mm -hmm. money service businesses. It's something entirely different. So, you know, we would want a different regulatory scheme if there were to be one. No, that's great. That's great. And uh, I I do um, applaud you for, you know, this innovative lab that you've created and and very interested in following the results that uh, come out of it. Now, Eddie, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know you're patiently waiting uh, <laughs> your turn, and I want to definitely give you a chance to uh, share your thoughts on on getting involved. How did you How did you hear about this uh, innovation lab, and what compelled you to want to be a part of it? Well, you know, Hawaii's always been a key market um, for not just us, but the entire industry. And so, when we heard rumblings of this occurring, and what you know, Iris and the entire department were. Uh, thinking of doing, we we really applauded them. Uh, we were fortunately we were in the first cohort. We went operational uh, in, at the end of fourth quarter of last year, and 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 really just to echo, I mean, we we're licensed in you know almost every other state, and so to see a state take the impetus to go ahead and properly regulate and figure out what their constituency needs, we we were we were ecstatic about hearing about that, and of course wanted to be part of it. So uh, we, we started in, uh, like I said, late uh, fourth quarter of last year. We did, as Iris indicated, we did our initial reporting in first quarter. Uh, we're about to go and report our second quarter results. And what it's shown is that there's a clear market in, in, in Hawaii. And to the constituents of the state, I mean, you know, they're very lucky to have, uh, you know, a thoughtful regulator. Um, not to say that others are not. But to go ahead and have it, it takes time and energy, and and not every not every uh, uh, you know state has the resources to go ahead and do that or even the knowledge. So the the fact that you guys are cutting edge from that perspective uh, speaks volumes. So so Eddie, I mean, you mentioned Hawaii as a as a, a market. I'm I'm curious to hear. I mean, usually when people look at Hawaii, I mean, it's a pretty small market. There's only you know one point I don't know one point four million people. How did you characterize the market for crypto services you mentioned that it was it was a great market but how, how would you characterize that that sort of subjectivity well again for for crypto there is no we're, we're not landlocked like there is no uh you know for us as long as you are in the digital space you can access the the, the crypto world mm-hmm. and while we initially went ahead and started today you can go to your local uh, you know, Coinstar kiosk at your local market um, or, or neighborhood store uh, to go ahead and exchange, you know, fiat for cryptocurrency. Um, that's really the only need, whether you're on the mainland or on an island. It, it, you know, the, the Internet is everywhere. 
And so for us to go ahead and prove out that concept in Hawaii itself was, was important, not just for us as a company, but for the industry as a whole. You know, it's, it's one of, we truly believe one of the key unifying factors uh, of, of the Internet is allowing for digital currency to go ahead and uh, manifest itself to, to everyone. And so for us, our key um, goal was to go ahead and provide that to each and every individual, not just in the U.S., but we're looking to go global, but the masses. Right. We're not talking about people using, uh, you know, a tremendous amount of, of funds uh, from a non-fiat perspective. Perhaps, you know, the, the banks are well taken care of, but we want to focus on those who may not have universal banking access or it may not be convenient for them. Mm-hmm. Right. So that, that's what we're focusing on, because our focus is on those where accessibility may be physically an option. And then once you're in the digital space, then then, you know, that allows you to go ahead and have opportunities you know, we only offer Bitcoin right now, but soon we'll be offering other tokens that are going to be, you know, we, the, the crypto world has yet to go ahead and flex its muscles in terms of its potential to, uh, you know, provide economic opportunities for everybody to, to um, significantly minimize the, the payment costs in the marketplace. I mean, there's a multitude of things. So that's why for us it was, it was key. If we can go ahead and show that that's possible in, you know, outside the mainland, well, then that's, that's proving the point. Yeah, so Eddie, I, I do want to uh, ask you a little bit more about CoinMe and, and CoinStar and how you actually were able to implement any of that here in Hawaii. But I want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with both Iris Ikeda, commissioner over at the financial institutions over at the DCCA, and Eddie Ponce from CoinMe. And we're talking about cryptocurrency and the innovation lab. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Iris Ikeda, Commissioner over at the Financial Institutions over at DCCA, which is the Department of Commerce and Consumer Affairs, and Eddie Ponce from CoinMe, and we're talking about cryptocurrency innovation over at the Entrepreneur Sandbox. And of course, right before the break, uh, Eddie was uh, explaining, you know, the interests that uh, he and his company CoinMe had in in Hawaii. And you know, I I failed to give you the opportunity, Eddie, to tell us a little bit about what your business model is. And I I know you quickly mentioned uh, CoinStar and the ability to to uh, take uh, you know like fiat and you know, in other words, you know, dollars to purchase the things like Bitcoin, and and maybe explain, you know, during the uh, this this um, cohort and pilot period, were you able to install CoinStar kiosks here in Hawaii? Well, the good news was is that they were already there. Oh, okay. So there was no labor. Yeah, there was no labor uh, needed whatsoever. So we were just tapping into, uh, you know, think of it in essence, you know, sort of Uberizing the existing financial rails and infrastructure you already had in the island. Mm-hmm. And so what we were doing and what we do is that we, we basically use the virtual space on the kiosk, the kiosk that already provided, obviously CoinStar is known already for its coin exchange program, mm-hmm. but they've been diving into other, uh, other means and other resources. And one of the opportunities they saw is that, look, we have uh, you know, a dedicated loyal customer base um, and so we, we thought that was an opportunity for us to go and use existing infrastructures. You know, there's no reason to create new when you can recycle off of what's existing. 
And so we were able to go ahead and do that, allowing people to go ahead and use their fiat, their dollars, to go ahead and access uh, beginning starting with Bitcoin. Great. That's, that's great. So, Iris, uh, tell us a little bit more about the, you know, the second cohort. How many companies are part of it, and, and, and who are some of those companies, and, and what are they doing? Yeah, so the, there are four more companies that we, are, that we allowed into the second cohort, and you know, they are you know, kind of basically doing, kind of expanding what, we've, what the first cohort is doing. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, I think that the, you know, the more information that we have, and you know, everybody's doing this in a little bit different way. Their business models are just slightly different from each other, and I think that all of that is a great learning opportunity for us. You know, and, and in terms of uh, crypto, and crypto's been kind of in the in the news quite a bit. Uh, Iris, I mean, are are you getting some, I guess, empirical data that that sort of indicates the? Uh, uh, I, I know there's a lot of excitement. You know, I think NFTs mm-hmm. recently came out, and and there's a lot of excitement excitement about non fungible tokens. Uh, right. There's also you know this this sort of sense of, of volatility of crypto whether it's doge or you know elon's tweeting tweeting about dogecoin uh and and crypto going up and down i mean how do you how do you assess all of that and determine you know what regulatory uh, regime needs to occur you know to sort of protect the consumer right so you know all of the companies in the cohort we we have all of them having a disclosure which Pretty much says that you know to consumers that you could lose all of the investments or all of the money that you have in each transaction. You know, there's no guarantee on the valuation of the crypto when you buy it or when you sell it. Um, but you know, even with all of that, if you look at the um, htdc.org website mm-hmm. on the DCIL, you can see the statistics that we already have for the first three quarters, and you know, they are. Um, 28,000 customers, you know, trading or, you know, using the various um, cohort companies' um, platforms. And so, you know, there's definitely a market, like Eddie said. And, you know, we think that, you know, there is, I don't know if there's something to it necessarily, but the interest in it is, you know, such that, you know, it's not just a few people. Right, right. Right. Yeah. 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 No. I. I mean, it's definitely a technology and a an offering that I think is here to stay. And this is a question of how does it establish its its sort of, of footing. Now, Eddie, you mentioned uh, obviously you're doing bit uh, Bitcoin. Are you? And you're looking at other other kind of uh, cryptocurrencies. Is 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 Ethereum in the mix there? Yes, Ethereum is in the mix. That's uh, that's on the table to go ahead and. Uh, uh, be introduced later this year, as well as Litecoin, and it, even uh, we're considering Doge, as well. Uh, so uh, we, you know, we're we're what we make sure is that we're very selective about the the, the tokens that um, that we are going to be offering to you know our customer base. Uh, we obviously want to make sure it's not in violation of any securities laws uh, from an SEC perspective or what have you. Um, and and but at the same time, you know, we, we have to look at the market and see where where the need is and where the desire is. Um, you know, we want to focus that it's decentralized and it has other applications that are going to ultimately, you know, fulfill our ultimate goal of providing, 
you know, economic opportunity to to all. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right about the volatility. I mean, this you know, it's it's um, it, it's it's obviously there, but it's uh, I agree with you that you know the 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 crypto market's here to stay, and it's just really beginning. Well, thanks, uh, and I'll put your links up on the show notes. Uh, Iris Ikeda, Commissioner over at the Financial Institutions at DCCA. Eddie Ponce, Chief Compliance Officer at CoinMe. And, of course, I want to thank them both for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we'll be talking about designing ethical AI systems. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarscafe.org or any time <clears throat> on uh, <laughs> Uh, HPR One every Wednesday via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and, of course, Stitcher. You stay awesome, you stay safe, and we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marsh Cafe.